Hey everyone, I'm Yasmin Nori, and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. If you've been listening to the show, you know, just like you, I've been on my own personal journey to build my empire. And for the last year and a half, I've worked diligently on starting a new business all around helping women tackle their period problems and hormonal imbalances using a natural whole foods approach. If you're suffering from extreme cramps, fatigue, bloating, stay tuned because a little bit later in the podcast, I'll share a bit more about my company, Bia. But for now, let's jump into today's episode. I wanna welcome this week's guest, April Gargillo, to our show today. April is a founder and CEO of Vintner's Daughter, a cult favorite nutrient-powered skincare brand. April admittedly knew little about the skincare industry when she first founded her brand in 2013. But one thing she knew well, thanks to her background in winemaking, was how to extract the finest ingredients from plants. After a lifetime of cystic acne and hyperpigmentation, April discovered that the luxury skincare she was using was actually made from cheap synthetics and decided to create her own dream products and follow her own playbook. She launched her entire brand with one product, the Active Botanical Serum, which famously attracted Gwyneth Paltrow, Naomi Watts, Hailey Bieber, and other celebrities who swear by the skin clearing benefits. In 2019, she also launched another product, the Active Treatment Essence, which has more than 30 powerful botanicals. We talked to April about how she started her business from her living room with no knowledge of the beauty industry and why ignoring all the rules allowed her to stand out in a very crowded market. We also chat about how she grew into a multi-million dollar business with only one product and zero investors, the power of meditation and staying true to yourself, and so much more. Welcome to the show, April. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited. I was just telling you, I must be living under a rock because I did not know about your incredible serum until like a few months ago. I was reading an article about you. I'm like, she seems like a badass. I need her on the podcast. I am so inspired by how you built the company and everything you've created. So I'm super excited for this one. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. I mean, I'm so happy to be here too. I love that you just discovered us. I love that people, I mean, we've been here for 10 years, right? And we've won all these awards, but because we're doing things so differently, we're really building this company differently. It still has this element of discoverability, which I actually love. So don't feel badly. I actually love that you just discovered us. That is so beautiful to me. I mean, it just shows just how much potential you guys will continue to have. You know, you've seen amazing growth, but it's really fun. So I can't wait for our audience to learn more about you. And, you know, I want to start off with a high level question. In many of the interviews, when I was prepping and learning more about you, you often refer to yourself as someone who is very risk averse. And I'm chuckling because looking at you on paper, starting this business, taking the leap, like you would not think that you are someone who thinks that way. So I'm curious, how did you get comfortable with risk and go against your natural tendencies, I guess, to be risk averse? So I think it's when you are, like you said, when you're going against your natural tendencies, that that feels risky. I'm not doing anything that I am going against my natural tendencies here, right? This is everything that feels so incredibly right to me. So the risk would be not doing it, right? And I've also created this company in this very, very different way. I don't have investors. I don't have people that I have to live up to their idea of success. I get to create it in very much in the fashion that feels right to me. 
And what I know is that is completely different than pretty much everyone else, right? Yeah, so I love I, that about you. <laughs> I get that from the outside, it feels like this risky thing because we are this company doing things, everything completely differently. We're like, you know, I always say that we're like expats in the world of business because we're just like not speaking that language joyfully, gratefully. So for me, it doesn't feel risky. It feels like, again, it would have been a risk had I not pursued it. Yes. And that's perfectly said. And I can't wait to unpack more of your story because you are so unique in the skincare space. And I really admire that. And, you know, I want to actually now go back to the beginning. Growing up, Mm -hmm. you had two very entrepreneurial parents. How do you think that's really impacted the woman that you are today and the path that you're on? Well, it's so interesting because now I'm watching my two daughters grow up with two entrepreneurial parents, right? And I'm seeing what they're doing. And they're constantly coming up with businesses and they're constantly coming up with things that they're going to create and sell and, and all the things. And I'm sure that influenced me to some degree having parents who were doing that because they were modeling that for me. But my husband grew up in a family with neither parents being an entrepreneur. And and that is such an integral part of who he is. I cannot imagine him doing anything else. So I don't know, chicken or egg, right? Who knows, yeah. who knows what, what it was? But certainly I had two parents that were incredibly supportive of my entrepreneurial journey. Yes, yes. And they seem like they also both were very creative and forward thinking. And you ended up going and working for a design firm and you're interested in interior design in the first half of your career. So I'd love to hear more about that and that experience because you ultimately ended up leaving all that to join your family. So I'd love to just kind of hear your life before the business. Yeah. So architecture and design, not necessarily interior design, but certainly all the things that kind of influence interior design was absolutely my first love. I still love it today. If you looked at anyone I follow on social media, (laughs) it's only design stuff, right? So it was my first love. I moved to New York City. I pursued it. I worked with incredible companies. The last company I worked with was a company called Vitra, family-owned, design-driven company, working with some of the most incredible architects in the world to create one-of-a-kind pieces and also pieces that were adaptable for commercial use. It was incredibly instructive. I learned so much in terms of how you really pursue this very true North Star, mm. right? And you're sort of uncompromising about it. And I love that about that company. It is still today an incredible company. And then I moved to Napa to help my parents with, it was after 9-11. I wanted to be closer to family. I wanted to be closer to nature. And I moved to Napa Valley. My parents at that point had only been growing grapes. They hadn't been making wine, but they at that point wanted to start making wine. And like, incredibly confidently, I don't know why, said, here's a couple barrels of wine, we're going to have four more and then eight, and then you figure out the rest sort of thing. Because both my parents were still, they had what they call their day jobs. And the winery was really this like incredible passion of theirs and making wine. There, I got to really apply, I think, very similar principles of being very uncompromising about our goal of making the very finest wines in the world, right? And that being the thing that we were pursuing above all else. Design came in, in in like ways around, you know, whatever, label design, bottle design, website design, that kind of thing, right? Experience design in terms of people visiting the winery and, and us being able to tell our story of who we are as a family and, and the kind of wines that we want to create from these extraordinary properties we're lucky to farm and grow wine on. And then, I mean, I will say all of that coalesced in Vintner's Daughter. I would not be here if it weren't for those two experiences, I have such a, again, this like very true vision about the kind of skincare we're going to make. And it comes from the world of winemaking in that winemaking is about 
fine winemaking. If you're trying to make the finest wines in the world, you have to start with the finest raw materials. You have to honor those raw materials, the very thoughtful, meticulous, diligent craftsmanship, right? So this is what I was taught. As a young kid, my dad insisted that like, you don't cut corners, you don't take shortcuts. I used to beg for Chef Boyardee ravioli in a can. And and my dad would be like, over my dead body, we're going to make it right now ourselves. Let's roll it out. Let's get the flour. Let's get the eggs. Let's do it. So that was the world I grew up in. Like you can't take shortcuts to make the best of something. And that was absolutely how Vintner's daughter began. I mean, that was the genesis. I was somebody who had always had issues with my skin, was using what I thought were the best products in the world, right? I thought they were these luxury products because they were expensive and had pretty packaging. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with my daughter that I started to look at the ingredients. So familiar refrain for moms, first time moms, especially you start going a little wild and looking at all the ingredients of everything. And I was just so shocked to realize that these so-called luxury products I was using were really anything but. They were like 0.01% active ingredient. The rest was really inexpensive filler and it was toxic much of the time, which did not sit right with me, right? Coming from where I was coming from, this world of fine winemaking, and before that, this world of design, you really have to start with the finest raw materials. And again, you have to like honor those materials, right? And through this very thoughtful craftsmanship and and meticulous craftsmanship, you can't cut corners, you can't take shortcuts. And I wanted to take all of that and apply it to skincare because I did not feel like that existed in the world of skincare. And you know what? Once I started talking to labs, I realized that I was right. And it was kind of a wild ride at the beginning to be totally honest. Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. I wanted to tell you a quick story. Before I started this podcast, I was working extremely long and crazy hours in banking and then in tech. I was totally burnt out, not living my truth and dreaming of always building my own empire. With all of this stress, it came really debilitating periods from bloating, cramping, extreme breast tenderness, and really unpredictable moods. I would always complain to my friends that I was literally out of commission for at least a week every single month. And that adds up to three months in every year. Other than feeling frustrated that my really bad periods were keeping me from pursuing my actual goals, I knew that something wasn't right. Women are not inherently designed to suffer every single month. That's when I learned about hormonal imbalances. I started working with functional medicine doctors who told me that years of stress combined with taking birth control pills long-term created a cascade of hormonal damage in my body. This is why I felt bloated, tired, crampy, and moody before and throughout my period. They recommended I try something called seed cycling. And let me tell you, it's changed my life. Seed cycling is the simple process of using food as medicine to naturally support your hormones. It uses four different types of seeds, yes, actual seeds, throughout your menstrual cycle to support the balance of hormones like progesterone and estrogen and give your body critical nutrients it needs to achieve your best health. Within weeks of starting this process, I noticed major shifts in my period and my overall health. But I also noticed that seed cycling is actually kind of hard to do. I wanted the best quality seeds, freshly ground in the right amount, but it was very time consuming. So I decided to create a simple and effective way for anyone to start seed cycling today using the highest quality organic seeds 
in the right amounts with the right support. It's called Bia, and I'm so excited to bring it to you. Now, anyone struggling with hormonal imbalances can easily incorporate seed cycling into their busy schedule with the Bia Seed Cycling Bundle. This process has been life-changing for me. I no longer deal with cramps, bloating, breast tenderness, or any other PMS symptoms before my period. It's been a complete game changer, and it's allowed me to focus on things that matter most to me, like this podcast and building my own empire. And most importantly, I want this for you too. If you or anyone you know has been struggling with hormonal imbalances or bad periods, go to beawellness.com slash free. Once again, it's beawellness.com slash free to download our free guide to our top tips in tackling hormonal imbalances and to learn more about our seed cycling bundle. We included this link in the show notes along with a promo code for $10 off for all of our Behind Her Empire listeners. I know you're going to love seed cycling just as much as I do. Thanks for listening. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah. And April, I want to pause there because I feel like there's so many questions that I have just taking it back a little bit. So you land there on your family's vineyards. They're just mm. growing grape. You, mm-hmm. grapes. you have no background of winemaking necessarily. Like how was that experience? I mean, clearly looking back now, there's so many facets that you're now using in your business today, but Absolutely. how was that experience? You know, working at A in a family business, which is a whole nother ball game and B being in an industry that you've never really been in. Was it mm-hmm. exciting? How was that? Well, I mean, oh gosh. Okay. So there's so many parts and pieces of that. Number one, Napa Valley is this extraordinarily generous community. It is extraordinarily generous. It is literally built off of extraordinary, like exuberant generosity, right? So I was surrounded by people who I could ask lots of questions. I could learn from and were very open and giving me, you know, sharing their experiences, right? So that's one thing. Number two, I had parents who, for I have no idea why, but were like incredibly, again, incredibly confident in my skills. So they were really quite hands off. And number three, like I was not the one making the wine. Yeah. Luckily for everyone, I was not the one making the wine. So we had like very extraordinary experienced people actually making the wine, growing the grapes. So that side of the business, that was not me. I sort of took it once it needed to go into a bottle and go out in the world. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a good experience. You kind of got that confidence to build a business and that really like set you up for the next business in mind. And I'm curious at that time, I think you were working with your family for a few years. You actually took a sabbatical with your husband. So what was the motivation around that? And what were some of the revelations you had just being pulled away out of your day to day? Oh yeah. Okay. So that's a really great question. Okay. Well, so my husband and I decide to move to Spain. So we go to Spain we arrived each with like, I think like a carry on bag. Amazing. That, that was it. And I think we had a hotel reservation for like three days. And so we go find an apartment. We're there. And for the first couple of weeks, both of us had come off of, we had just been, it was actually the first time that we had spent more than three days together, just to give you an idea of how much we were working and traveling for work. And so we kind of were like twiddling our thumbs for a little bit. And then we started getting into the flow of it all. Right. And so it was an extraordinary opportunity to connect to this other side. I was really able to explore Buddhism had always been something that was interesting to me. I got to really explore it and study it and really develop my meditation practice, which I will forever be grateful for. But in terms of how this actually like Vintner's daughter, I mean, Vintner's daughter may not exist without this trip because one of the trips we took while we were on this sabbatical was to Morocco. So I've always been the person, like if I go travel, this is since I was a kid, if I go travel, I want to go to the apothecary. I want to go to the place that sells all the cool 
lotions and potions. That's always been my, my jam, right? And so we get to Morocco and there's obviously this incredible heritage, this beauty heritage in Morocco. And so I find I'm, I'm kind of showed to this literally centuries old apothecary. It's like dirt floor, hand hewn shelves, beautiful, right? Like really just special and beautiful. The woman there is speaking Arabic. I don't speak Arabic. I'm speaking English. And I keep showing her the issues on my skin, which I probably had active acne and I'm kind of pointing it. And she keeps giving me, nothing's labeled. She keeps giving me this bottle of oil and I keep kind of pushing it back to her being like, no, no, you don't understand. Look, like- That's what I was telling you, yeah. Oh, I know. So I've been, I literally, I was like, I've been there. So, I mean, she's very serious and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to trust that she knows what she's talking about. So I go home with this oil, still to this day, don't know what it is. Not home. I go to my hotel and I always joke that, and not to sound too dramatic, but I always joke that I probably had a cocktail before I actually put this on my skin because I was so nervous. And anyone who's ever dealt with acne, like understand oh, yeah. that it feels, <laughs> I mean, whatever, it just feels more dramatic than it actually is. And so I put this on, I go to bed, I wake up and I fell in love with oil. So that was literally how I fell in love with oil and why an oil-based serum was our very first product, Active Botanical Serum. Got it. I actually did not know that part of the story, April. That's fascinating. And it all makes sense. But it's interesting because I have also heard that you had a few other business ideas. So did you know you wanted to start something and you were kind of in this phase? Yes. So I'd love right, to hear right. that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we come back. I've been traveling like crazy. We come back and I knew I wanted to do something. And so I had these three different ideas. I still own the OURLs for all of them. <laughs> One was skinny vine. So it was going to be low calorie wine. So remember, this was like almost... Back in the day. Yeah. It's like 13 years ago. One was called Mighty Butter and Mighty Pantry. We were going to sell all sorts of like superfoods and superfoods infused butters. I mean, it's so funny when I think about it now. Not that that's not a bad idea or a good idea or whatever, but anyway. And then I was also going to do Vintner's Daughter. And so again, my husband, who's like this serial entrepreneur, has had both successes and failures. Yeah, He says to me, okay, April, you, you can't do all three. You need to pick one. So he's like, okay. And I still remember exactly where we were. We were living in Napa. We're like around our kitchen island. I remember this so well. And he says, Were you pregnant then too? Or was your daughter already born? Yeah, I was pregnant with her. Yes, exactly. I was pregnant with my first daughter. And he says, okay, describe each business. And I say, okay, you know, this is, I spend five minutes on Skinny Vine. I spend five minutes on Mighty Butter. And then my entire, everything changes. And I start talking about Vintner's daughter, much like I'm still talking about, luckily, gratefully, joyfully, I am still talking about Vintner's daughter 13 years later. So that was literally how I decided to really dive into Vintner's daughter. I love that. And I'm curious because we get this question a lot. You know, we have so many women who have interests in different businesses and they're like, but I don't have the experience. I don't know anybody in the field. So clearly you were not in that field. You didn't have any connection. So what were those early days? What did it look like? how did you find your formulas? Like, tell me how that first product came about. It came about by me uncovering, and it's different today because I think there's just, you have a lot more access to information, but even 13 years ago, which it was much harder, Right. So it came about by me, I would talk to one person and then I would ask that person, okay, who do you think I should talk to? They would give me two more people and I'd go talk to those two people. And then I'd say, who do you think I should go talk to? I mean, it was, this is old fashioned, right? I mean, this is just like old fashioned and I would take notes and I would talk about what I talked with one person to the next person. And I mean, I was really lucky during that process to have met some really extraordinary women who were so incredibly supportive of me and really helped me hone my vision for what mm-hmm. I wanted to do and what I wanted to create. But when we launched, we launched, I think it's funny when I say we, because it, <laughs> it was me. Yeah. From your house, right? Like- yeah. Oh yeah. Literally from my apartment. 
So when I launched, I had my formula. I had this beautiful formula. Every bottle takes three weeks, which I did not think was very long because it takes three years to make a bottle of wine. So I, of course, thought three weeks was nothing. And I remember I went to all the labs, top labs, because from day one, this was not something I was going to make in my kitchen. Like this needed to be the most high performance luxury serum there was, right? And oh, by the way, it needs to be totally natural. It needs to be like have a positive environmental impact. It needs to have a positive social impact. All of these things were part of the brand. But for me, it was like they were table stakes, right? Mm. And so that was just like, of course, that's how I'm going to create a brand. Of course, that's going to be part of the DNA of this business. Now let's get to what I really need is, which is the performance, right? Because again, I wasn't the girl that could go put coconut oil on her face and go to bed and everything was going to wake up great. Like I needed more cream in my coffee. So I go to these labs, again, the top labs in the country, like they're making the so-called best products, right? And they turn me away literally one after another. I think I've got this. I mean, I know that I've got this product, this formula that has changed my skin. It's like changing my friend's skin, right? And they're telling me, sorry, we can't make that. We don't ever spend longer than three hours to make anything. Like no one makes product like that. You can't make product like that. Like, trust us, we can reformulate it. We'll make it cheaper, faster, better. We'll use this synthetic. We'll use this powder. We'll use this extract, like, right. And I'm coming from a place of, remember, I wasn't allowed to buy Chef Boyardee in the can, right? There are no shortcuts. Like you cannot cut corners. I'm coming from that family, right? That is like in my dad is in my head. And every single one of those labs that encouraged me to take this like very easy, cheaper road, I walked away from. And I remember thinking at some point, I remember thinking like, oh, this might not happen. But the reality is that I didn't compromise, right? And I just kept moving it along, moving it along. Some days were really tough. And some days were like incredibly exuberant and exciting. There were so many people along the way that helped. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you were going through those really tough times, you know, when you were getting rejections, you're seeing all these labs, did you ever question yourself? Like, can I even bring this to life? You quickly talked about that, but what really motivated you to stay the course? Because eventually, right, you will have found a lab that can work with your ingredients, but how did you build that resilience to push through all those no's? And people were telling you you were crazy at the time. That's not easy. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. And no one had ever had a single product. No one, you know, there were so many parts and pieces of what I was doing that no one had ever done. Right. You know, I really think it was probably that experience from the winery. I think this is a great question. I don't know that I've ever thought about it, but I think it was probably that experience of the winery of my parents just having like such ultimate trust in me and also not caring that much when I made a mistake. And they'd be like, oh, okay, so don't do that again. Moving on. And I think ultimately at the winery, it was always about what was in the bottle. And so as long as what was in the bottle was living up to the standards of kind of expression and quality and craftsmanship that we had, I think everything else around it, my parents were very like, well, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, I had such a deep trust in the bottle with Vintner's Daughter. And this particular was active botanical serum. Like I just still to this day, like I just have such a deep trust for what that formula can do for people's skin, Mm. the dramatically positive impact it can have on people's skin, that everything around it, I just have to like, almost like just trust. Yeah, that's really powerful. And that resonates a lot with me because even with this business that I'm launching, it's kind of also a little complex and sounds very woo-woo, but because I know it works on my body, it's like, I have so much confidence. I'm like, I know this sounds crazy, but if you yes. eat these foods, it will change your hormones. And people are like, yeah, you sound nuts. I'm like, just, just try it. Just Wait, try tell it. me, tell me, tell me. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about it all afterwards. I don't want to bore everybody, but yeah, it's essentially you're eating different kinds of seeds at different parts of your cycle. And mm. it dramatically changed my life. And I was like, why do more women not know? 
know about this. And there's a lot of functional naturopathic doctors who are recommending the protocol, but it's like, how do we make it more accessible and easier to use for the modern woman and create the education around it? But how did you find out about it? So through a functional medicine doctor, and I thought she was crazy. Like this was three years ago. And then I started doing it myself and I was like, wow, there's something substantially here. Like more women need to have access to this. This makes no sense. And what are the different seeds? It's a mix of flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, black sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, hemp seeds. And we've added some chamomile powder in there. So in general, if you're just having seeds, it's just so amazing for you. There's so much research for women's health in general when it comes to seeds. Are these like activated seeds or are they? They're grounded. So it's more bioavailable. Yep. It's all freshly ground. So everything Mm -hmm. you buy in the supermarket, even though it says it's cold milled and grounded, they strip all the oil. So kind of like similar to what yes. you're building. It's very similar. And when I was going and looking into that, I was like, what, this is bullshit. Like people right. think they're having right. super rich nutrients and they're not, but it's very similar to, I guess, oh, skincare. I think about it all the time. I think most skincare is like a meal replacement bar. It's just yes, like exactly. the synthetic ingredients that have been made in the lab. Right. And what we're trying to give to the skin is a beautifully prepared plate of food, right. Of like yeah. whole organic ingredients. It's so critical and educating people around it and like just talking about it to your point is so important. Yeah. And it's funny because I was just telling you, I have your product and I was looking at the pamphlet. I was like, this is like, I'm eating a really nice food and I felt really good about putting it on my face. So there's a ton of similarities, which I love. So, okay. You finally found somebody to make the product. How did you get the product out there and build out awareness early on? Because you guys have done really well with very little or no marketing dollars. So Share more about what that looked like behind the scenes for any woman that's listening today who's looking to get a product off the ground. Gosh, okay. So it's a different world. And actually, we might have come full circle. We might be back at the point where one could do what we did. So this was almost 10 years ago that we launched. Instagram was just beginning, right? And what we knew, what we still know today is that when people use Vintner's Daughter, they form a very deep love for Vintner's daughter. It becomes this coveted and beloved part of their routines. And they tell their friends, Mm. they tell their friends, daughters, tell their mothers, they tell their coworkers, people literally get stopped on the street to say, what are you using on your skin? What's happening here? And so we very lovingly call that girlfriend to girlfriend, G to G, right? And that's how we've grown. I mean, Instagram allowed that to happen. Social media in general allowed that to happen because of course, everyone had this platform to kind of amplify their voice We were also really fortunate. It's a world I knew nothing about, but we had some incredible makeup artists find us. And did you send product or they just came up? Amazing, April. I did not know. Are you kidding me? I did not know. Now I know the makeup artists around the world. I did not know that before. I had no idea. And I don't even still to this day probably know how some of them found us, but like big makeup artists, you know, who were working with like the biggest celebrities you can imagine. And then they would talk about us. And so those obviously that G to G is kind of very much amplified when someone like Tracy Ellis Ross or Gwyneth Paltrow or Bieber talks about you, right? But we're really grateful. And ultimately that is how we've grown from word of mouth. Incredible. And having like a Gwyneth Paltrow behind you so early in the business, I mean, did you guys have scaling issues just to kind of support the demand? Because I can't even imagine what happens. We used to sell out all the time. We used to sell out all the time. Oh yeah. 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 Everyone thinks selling out is the greatest thing ever. Like I still have nightmares over it. I still (laughs) literally have like heart palpitations thinking about it. Yeah. And I've read some stories and I don't know where at this point in your business, where you were, but you were packing and shipping, you know, when your daughter would go to sleep, you'd stay up from your house. Right. And so tell us more about that. And really your first hire, because I think that was pretty instrumental as 
your husband just kind of comes full circle. He wasn't my first hire, but I mean, he was my, yeah, he he worked a lot of unpaid hours. So yeah, I mean, I call it working mom hours. So I would get up before they got up. I'd work for like an hour. Then I would take care of them. At this point, they were both in at least a couple hours of school or daycare. I'd drop them off. I'd come back. I'd work pick them up, spend the afternoon, get them back in bed. And then I would go back to work. Right. And every day, my husband pointed this out to me one day, he said, April, you know, that you are working every day. I would like try to keep up. Right. And I I had this delusion that somehow I was going to right? that like (laughs) next day I was going to catch up. No, no, no. The next day I was going to be able to get to. Right. And he finally sat me down. He said, April, you're working every day to make yourself busier. You're working every day to make your, and like, that would be a benefit of what's happening. Right. And I sort of had this kind of click where I was like, oh yeah, okay. I need to start thinking about a team. And yeah, so that's how I I kind of started thinking about team, but it was all out of my house for the first year. Then we got an office. I remember our first office. I thought the fact that A, I had an office and B, that there was like conference rooms in the office were oh, really like, I thought, was, I thought that was the coolest thing ever, you yeah. know, right? I mean, we've since even gotten to like even a bigger office. Not that we're that big, we're 15 people, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy when I think about it. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And you know, one thing we haven't really touched too much upon, which I think is a big aspect of your business is you really focusing on one single skew. So tell me more about that. And also it might sound more common today because you do see some brands with a single skew, but it wasn't common back then. So tell me more about just that world. Yeah, of- not only was it not common, like it didn't exist, right? And still today it doesn't, right? We had one skew for five years. That does not exist. Then we introduced our second active treatment essence, our second product in five years, so 2019. And so we've had that for four years now, right? So we've had two products in almost 10 years, which is unheard of. It is because we are so committed to our customer skin and our planet that we do that. We do not want to participate in this world of like new and next, new and next, new and next. Yeah. Because it is, again, it's not great for your skin and it is not good for the environment. I think that world of new and next and constantly having FOMO and needing something different and more and whatever, it really fuels a level of like fear and insecurity that I don't want to participate in. We want to communicate a sense of abundance. We want to convey and communicate and create a sense of like joy and gratitude and confidence in our skin, right? And I think constantly creating a new product to tell somebody that it's going to like, first of all, the word fix, which we we would never use, but that's going to fix some problem that you never knew you had is this cycle that is very damaging, not only to like your psyche, but to literally your skin and ultimately to the environment. It's a non-virtuous cycle, right? And it's something that we just do not want to participate in. So we have two products, two products that, you know, in these two steps, active treatment essence, followed by active botanical serum, your skin receives everything it needs to be its very best, all the nutrients, all the vitamins, all the antioxidants, all the actives in these most perfect proportions for your skin. And it's like freedom, right? It's just this incredible amount of freedom to know that, oh, you mean I just put everything my skin needs, the highest quality of it, the most ideal optimal ratios, and now I'm done. Now I can go about my day. Great. Check that off the list. Let's go on. Yeah. I mean, I was just telling you how excited I am about just using one product because I always get sold a million things. I'm like, I just don't have time to do all of this. Like, I'm just trying no. to like get to the basics right. and I will, like survive. But, but the idea is that you don't have to compromise any level of performance. Yeah. Not only do you not have to compromise, you will actually have better performance. You will have better results. 
Yeah, exactly. And April, you know what I love so much about just you and how you've built this business is like you were saying, the culture that we're in, it's so easy for all of us to compare each other's businesses, to compare yourself versus everyone. It's like a go, go, go culture, do more, do more. How do you stay so centered and aligned with what you guys are building and how you're building it? Because you have stayed so focused, which I think is very rare to see. And I meet a ton of entrepreneurs and that doesn't mean they're not successful, but the way you're building is still very unique. So what goes on behind the scenes? How do you stay centered in that? Okay. So I'm really disciplined. What does that look like? I mean, that looks like I know what my North star is. I know what I want to do. I know what we want to create. I want to create products that have this dramatically positive impact on our customer skin, their lives and our world. So impact positively their skin through our actual products, right? Impact positive their lives through the words that we choose to use. And more importantly, the words we choose not to use, words that create fear and insecurity, words that gaslight people like we do not use. I do not use corrective. We do not use lightning. We do not use anti-aging. None of those words do anything positive. They create fear and insecurity. So we impact people's lives positive through our words to create joy and gratitude and confidence, like I said. And then we want to positively impact the planet. And that's through all of our sustainability efforts. That is through our fewer and better. That is through 2% of every single bottle. Top line revenue is donated to charities benefiting women and children around the world. And so I have an incredible North Star that I am so committed to and so motivated by and feel so passionate about that that is what guides me. That's what keeps me on track. And anytime that I have sort of veered, even for a second, like I can feel it in a heartbeat, I can feel it. And I don't have investors that are asking me to compromise that in any way. Yeah. So there's a lot that I want to unpack there. And I just want to say, underscore, the fact that you have a North Star is so important because I think some people might be building something, but they don't really know what that is. And that's when it's hard to kind of always go back to. So I think that's actually, it sounds simple, but it's very profound. So I think anybody can do that in their lives today. And also, you know, you have bootstrapped, like you mentioned this business to this day, you don't have investors. So tell me more about your philosophy around that and why you decided not to raise money, because I'm sure it still wasn't easy to fund this pretty quick growth as well. Well, I mean, we only had one product, right? And that wasn't born out of me not wanting to get investors. That was born out of me feeling like I want to create this product by product. I want to only create products that have this extraordinary impact on people's lives, right? And so we were able to become profitable pretty fast because I didn't have all this overhead. I mean, it was one product. It was me. Paid marketing is not something we do. It's a little bit different today, but it was all through word of mouth, right? And so I did not have this huge overhead. And so I was able to really skillfully scale the business over the years and be able to like put back into it what we needed when we needed to make investment in the business. Yeah, no, that's helpful to hear. And I'd also love to hear why you guys decided not to go down. I mean, I know you're in some retail stores, but not department stores. Mm, Oh yeah. Okay. So I love retail. So I've never been a, a DTC. I mean, I love our DTC. I don't mean that, but I've never been like a solely DTC person. I love our retail community. They have been such incredible partners for us. I mean, we're in 150 retailers around the world, right? So it's not like we're not in retailers. Department stores in particular, 
So as a skincare company, when you participate with a, and it's changed because they've, yeah, they've made room for more kind of independent brands, but traditionally it was, think about you walk into a department store, you see La Mer or whatever, all these legacy skincare brands, and they have this huge real estate in there, right? You have to pay for every inch of that real estate. You have to pay for the employee to work at that real estate. You have to pay for all of the signage for that. That just simply wasn't the investment that I wanted to make. Right. And I, especially with one skew, like how was I going to, <laughs> with one, right. Yeah. Even if you think about these brands, maybe 80% of their sales is one skew, but they've got 25 other products that are supporting that ecosystem. Right. And so for us, it just wasn't ever a place where we felt like we could win in, in a mm-hmm. way like that our brand could be represented in the way that we wanted it to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned also like the margins, your margins are very different than other skincare brands, right? I mean, you didn't even know this. No, no. So I don't have all that marketing margin built into my products. Right. So yeah, because I didn't know how much it cost to build that chateau on the floor of Neiman Marcus. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea. So if I were taking, oh gosh, yeah. If I was taking the same margins as sort of those kind of more traditional beauty companies, I mean, oh yeah. Be very different. The price point would be very different. Yes. Yeah. And you know, another question that just came to mind, a lot of people lean on investors in terms of them being advisors or mentors Mm because growing a business from one person to building a team to scaling as quickly as you have Mm -hmm. without investors might be tough, but did you have any advisors or mentors? Oh yeah. Okay. So don't think that I don't have a lot of investor friends. Yeah. I do. I have tons of investor friends who are really smart really incredible, very generous. I can call them anytime and ask them for questions. That's great. Almost all of them tells me, don't take anybody, don't take anybody, which is hysterical. Yeah. So I have that kitchen cabinet, so to speak, of people that I can call from founders to investors yeah. to, I mean, all sorts of different people that I'm really lucky that have been like incredibly generous to me over the years. And I hope that I do that for other people. Like anytime someone wants to call me and ask me any questions about their business, whether they're just starting out or they've been doing it for a couple of years. Like I am an open book. I am happy to share, especially because so many people helped me along the way. Yeah. I think that's so, so important. I was just having this conversation with someone on my team and I had a friend who's launching a business and she gave me just some insight that she was seeing that I wasn't. I was like, this is game changing. Like the importance of having community when -hmm. you're building a business, you know, I don't have investors either, but it's really game changing. So I always tell people like foster those relationships now, because I really feel like it can make or break you, you know, and it's never going to be easy. You're always going to be dealing with problems, but you need to springboard off and have different kinds of conversations. So it's great to see you had that around you as well. I had it. I mean, and you can have it in a more formal way, of course, by building a board and more informally or both. I mean, in both in, in that you have these kinds of people that you can call and ask them, Oh, have you ever seen this? What do you think about this? Does this sound right? I'm really struggling with this. I'm wrestling with that. Yeah. You are never alone. People are always like, I don't know the answers. I'm like, you don't need to know everything. You just need to call people, have a community, Google. I mean, Google's amazing too. So, but that's also where I think really having just like being so strong and understanding what your North star is, is so important because you're going to go talk to 10 people and you're probably going to get six different answers. Right. And so you have to just have such a firm understanding of that North star to understand what feels right for you, for your business. That's a really good point because sometimes you can put people on a pedestal and be like, oh, wow, they've sold a few companies, but then you realize they actually don't know what goes on completely behind the scenes. But Mm -hmm. I love that. It's like staying centered and really taking their advice, but doing it in a way that makes sense for your business. And no one knows that except you, fortunately or unfortunately. Yep. 
And, you know, I'm curious, you talked about your meditation practice. Tell me more about that. Is it a daily thing? What does it look like? Because I think a big theme of this overall conversation is just the importance of staying centered to truly who you are. And that's ultimately what it is for me, right? It's this, it's like connection, right? Some people find connection. And I also find connection in nature. I think nature is like a place where you can really connect to yourself, but that's what meditation is for me, right? And it's a way to like the source or to truth, whatever you want to call it, but it's interesting. So every time we've, even when I just said, you know, you're going to talk to 10 people, you're going to get six different answers and you've got to understand which one actually gets you to where you want to go. As I was saying that, I thought for me, I was meditating as I was understanding what those six different answers were and just sitting with them and being like, okay, like you're just sitting and you're trying to feel your way to the right answer, but not in a woo-woo way, in a very real, tangible way. Yeah. And it's funny because every woman that's come on my podcast always says really being centered with your gut is so key. Before I didn't really understand what that meant. I was like, okay, it makes sense. But now that I'm like knee deep in this business. That's our superpower. That yeah, is our it's, superpower. No, it's so true. And you have Don't so many variables. It. Yeah. Hitting you that it's like even more important. I'm sure even as a business continues to grow, it's like gut feeling, gut feeling in life, even your personal life. If something doesn't feel okay. right, like forget yes. about it. Yes. Yeah. Listen to it. Listen to it. Oh, I love that. Well, April, I probably could talk to you for hours, but this was so much fun. I'm so excited about what you guys are continuing to build. I can't wait for everybody to learn about your product. We'll put everything in the show notes, but it was such an honor to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This was a fun conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Empire. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire. To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire.